I'm going to teach you guys today uh, a something that I learned this week. Um, so it's called a discovery Bible study, which I had never heard of before. But it's actually really cool because it's a very basic thing that you could do with anybody, and you don't need to prepare anything for. Uh, one thing we learned when we were talking about the disciple multiplication training, or DMT. I'm just going to say DMT from now on because that's how they say it. And when you go into the mission world, everything's an acronym. So DMT, um, uh, a DBS, Discovery Bible Study. Uh, the cool thing about it was it's just you read through a passage together, and then you just ask questions with each other. Because one thing that um, I was challenged on, because I know that I do this a lot, is that we will do these Bible studies, right? We'll come together, we'll do a Bible study, somebody will prepare something, we come, the person who prepares it says stuff, we all listen, go home, nothing really changes, next week come in, somebody says something, right? It's just knowledge that's getting chucked at us, essentially. And it's the difference between deductive learning and inductive learning. Deductive learning is kind of the traditional school. You have a teacher up here. They're telling you what you need to know. You need to kind of just memorize what you're hearing so that you need to know it. Inductive is the opposite of that. The teacher might still be leading the class, but they're asking questions. They're trying to do stuff to get you to think about what they're trying to get you to learn. So that way, as you think about it, hopefully it's you come to conclusions, and therefore, it sticks a little bit better. And in fact, if you look at Jesus' teachings, you can see that he was very much a inductive way of how he taught stuff, right? Jesus is famous for his parables. And his parables were purposely not supposed to be super clear because the purpose of the parable was to get you to think about, okay, what did he mean? What did he say? Why did he say it that way? Is there some meaning to, like, all, are all these things symbols? Is he referring to something else? What's the truth that we can get out from it for ourselves? He also asked over 400 questions throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, right? Jesus often, and this might seem annoying, probably seemed annoying to some people, but they would come up and ask him a question, and famously, he would often respond with a question. But that way of responding with a question was intentional because he wanted, he didn't just want to tell them, here's the answer. I mean, he was God, right? They could have asked him anything. He knew the answer to everything. But if he just told them it, that doesn't change hearts. If he asked them a question and got them to start thinking about it, then it starts to get implanted. And he even says that with his disciples, right? He did explain some things to his disciples, but he really was like, even with his disciples, Oftentimes he was telling them stuff, and you could see that you could see that when he just told them things, they didn't understand it. Because how many times did Jesus tell them that he was going to die and raise again in three days, and they still didn't get it until he died and raised again three days later? It was until after that that they finally realized, oh, yeah, that's what he was saying this whole time, right? It was when we kind of switch it up and we start trying to not just teach more stuff, just like give each other knowledge. And I know that's kind of hypocritical for me to say as somebody whose kind of role is to come and give a sermon, usually on Sundays, and part of that is doing that. But I know I'm going to try to switch up the way I teach a little bit. To try to, I do try to add questions in there. Um, but what we're going to do this morning 
And this is great because I'm going to show you how you can lead this without having any prior like preparation because that's what I'm doing. We're going to do this discovery Bible study and it's really simple. Um, if you have a Bible on you, we're going we're gonna to still learn from the passage that we were supposed to learn from. So hopefully you have a Bible on you, whether that's a physical Bible, if you, uh, Bible on your phone. If you don't have a Bible, let me know. I will grab a Bible from the back because we have a bunch of Bibles. So if you need one, and this is, I'm going to tell you right now, this is group participation. <laughs> so please, uh, please have a Bible ready um, because this is going to be part of the whole lesson of how we can do this. So today's passage that we were going to study um, is, again, we were continuing our study in 1 Timothy. So let me pull out my little digital Bible. And we're in 1 Timothy 4. And we are specifically in verses, uh, I believe, 6 through the end. Like we're just the whole rest of the chapter. Um, real quick for you guys, um, I know not all of you were here last week. Um, uh, we are have been talking through Timothy. Last week, we covered the end of 1 Timothy 3 into the beginning of 1 Timothy 4. We talked about how Paul is saying that, again, the whole point of 1 Timothy is to show that there's uh, false teachings have entered the church there in Ephesus, and Paul's letter is all about correcting these false teachings. Um, so last week, we talked about how Paul describes the church as a pillar and buttress of God's truth. And we showed how that idea of a pillar, a pillar is where, is a monument, but that specific language that he's using, that the pillar is the household of God, ties back to Jacob in Genesis 28. And really what he, Paul is saying is that us as a church is a pillar where people meet God, right? Us as a church, not just the building, us individuals, because we all make up the church, that's who the church is. We are like literally living, living pillars that as we move around our lives, as we meet people, we should be a place where people encounter God. And we talked about how there's this mystery, right? This mystery that we hold on to. The reason why we can be a pillar, the reason why people can encounter God through us is because we believe in the gospel. We believe this mystery of the gospel, and it's really simple, that Jesus was fully God, manifested in the flesh, that he was vindicated by the Holy Spirit, he was seen by angels, that he was believed on in the world, he was proclaimed to the nations, and that he was taken up in glory. Right? That was the mystery in 1 Timothy three sixteen that we were told. And we ended last week talking about how uh, if we abandon that mystery, if we abandon being a pillar, we become a false teacher, and we start looking like the people at the beginning of 1 Timothy 4, people who were getting trapped by what Paul says were demonic teachings. And he was saying, in one of the key ways to see that a false teaching has led in, that somebody has switched to being a false teacher, is they start restricting stuff that God declared was good, right? They said that, don't get married. Um, like, I'm not exactly sure. There's a lot of um, historical reasoning behind why people think that was a false teaching, specifically there in Ephesus, because there was like a cult there to one of the Greek goddesses, and there was a lot of other stuff going on. But Paul's like, no, being married is a good thing. So if somebody starts restricting that, they're teaching you something wrong. And then second, he talked about how they started restricting certain foods, which Paul says a lot about throughout the New Testament. 
but the whole point is that these false teachers were creating divisions by restricting things that God has declared good. And so that now brings us to the rest of 1 Timothy 4. So I'm going to go read through this. And then like I said, we're going to do this discovery Bible study. And it's really simple. It's going to be very participant. So I know that we have masks on. Um, so it might be hard to hear, but please speak up. But it's going to be simple. I'm going to read through this. And then we're just going to ask some questions. And we're going to see what we find in this passage. I don't want to stand up here and tell you what you should believe from this passage. I mean, I know I kind of just told you what you should have believed from the verses beforehand, and I apologize for that. But I want you guys to learn, like, oh, what is God saying in these verses to us? So let's start in verse 6. By pointing out such things to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, having nourished yourself on the words of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. But reject those myths fit only for the godless and gullible, and train yourself for godliness. For physical exercise has some value, but godliness is valuable in every way. It holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. In fact, this is why we work hard and struggle, because we have set our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of believers. Command and teach these things. Let no one look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in your speech, conduct, love, faithfulness, and purity. Until I come, give, it, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you have, given to you and confirmed by prophetic words, when the elders laid hand on, hands on you. Take pains with these things, be absorbed in them, so that everyone will see your progress. Be conscientious about how you live and what you teach. Persevere in this, because by doing so, you will save both yourself and those who listen to you. All right, so real quick, first thing we ask is, what in this passage teaches us about God? Our God what does God have for us in this passage? And this, again, this is, a part, this is going to be a, probably a unique church service for you guys because I'm expecting answers. So um, I can get up here and talk all day, and that's fine. But like I said, I want to hear if there's any, what has stood out to you. So first question is just, as you read through this, what does this tell you about God? Also, I am not afraid to pick on people. Wants you to be a good minister, right? A good servant. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Servant, it's the same word for deacon. He wants us to be a good minister. And how, how does it say that we're a good minister? What was that? Training ourselves, right? Oh, there's a big aspect of training in this passage, isn't it? Like, it says physical training is of some use, but spiritual training... Is good. Oh, my wife is also texting me, so she's joining in in the Bible study from home. She said, God nurtures you. Um, and that you can see that, that God is a God that wants to grow you, right? Um, he doesn't want you to just be, be you're a plant that he grows. Actually, Rachel has gone really into plants lately, so I've never, I can now start to understand some of the plant metaphors in the Bible, thanks to her. 
Anything else, guys? What anything else that jumps out to you? What has do you see? What do we? What are something we learn about God in this passage? He's got promises for us. That's a great one, right? God has promises for us, and what? And we know from the Bible, God is a faithful God, that He fulfills His promises. How encouraging is that? We can live in light of the fact that we are people that God takes care of. As Rachel puts it, God nurtures us. God promise, has promises for us. Anything else that jumps out to you? Hmm. Nice. Mm. That's so great, right? If you guys didn't hear, God, we don't have to be scared because God is with us, that God is going to equip us. God is the promises. God's going to nurture us. And that it doesn't matter, like you said, it doesn't matter age, right? This is a very famous verse that I know I, I've heard growing up is the look, let no one look down on you because you are young. Um, when we were at the church planting training this last week, one of the church planters that was like a coach um, was talking about how he pl- was planting his church. And one of the things he talked about that stood out to me, because I, I think this is something that should happen, was that how he was putting elders in his church, but a lot of his elders were in their 30s, right? A lot of times we think elders and they, overseers have to be old, but I think it's a very... I think you might need to be old in faith. Mature in your faith is more of the point, right? So let no one look down on you because you're young. Don't be afraid to go and stand for God because God is with you. Uh, Rachel put that the Holy Spirit gives us gifts to use, right? There is uh, there's gift, yeah, like we see with Timothy, he, there was a gift that was given to him when he was confirmed, but in the same way, that same Holy Spirit that was empowering, empowering Timothy, the same Holy Spirit that was empowering Paul to write this, is the same Holy Spirit in us. There's gifts for us that we can use, and don't we shouldn't neglect them. He wants us to be good examples. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. Thank you for saying that. Right? If we're going to be the pillars of the, if we're going to be a pillar that when people encounter, they encounter God, we have to have a good example. Right? We got to live a life that is not something that we should be ashamed of, that we want to hide from people. Um, I mean, that's another thing they talked about at the, for both trainings I had last week was like, if you're not living a life that is, by example, showing the things you want the people to learn, people aren't going to follow you. Uh, he said that one of the pastors was like, he said that like his church members were a lot like kids where he started noticing all the worst parts of himself were starting to be picked up by the people who f- were following him at church. And he realized that he's got to make sure that he lives a life just like uh, if you have kids, kids are going to pick up your habits in the same way the people that we disciple they're, 
you know, if we lead somebody to Christ, they're, a, they're our spiritual kid, as the way Paul says about Timothy, they're going to follow us. They're going to pick up those same habits we have. So we need to live a life that's an example to other people. Mm -hmm. Mm. that's a really good point yeah because if if you don't aren't aware of it you know it you're neglecting if you're not aware of it but it's like obviously you need to be aware that god has given you a gift and think about that and god has given us all different gifts right we see that throughout the bible uh paul talks about the body as the church as a body in several different places uh, Romans 12 is a famous place where he talks about, you know, one person's a hand, one person's a foot, one person's an eye. Um, we all have different gifts. Mm. That's such a great point, right? We are, we worship a living God, Right? I think about that like time where Jesus is confronting the Sadducees. They try to catch him up in that thing of like, whose wife is this person? Because all, all the brothers died. And he's like, no, the God is the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. He's a living God. right? Even Paul says that when he talks about the pillar. He says the church is the house of the living God. right? God is alive through us. Real quick, the second question, and we, we've kind of covered this a little bit with some of your responses, but the second question when you're doing this Bible study is to then transition to what are the, what is it telling us about ourselves? Like what are some things we should be taking away from it? And we've already started doing that. I just want to make sure you know that that's, if you ever wanted to try to copy doing this Bible study, that's the second question. So first question is what do we learn about God? What do we learn about ourselves is the second question. And then the third part is asking, well, what are we going to do about it? Right? Because that's, we've, we, we have talked about how all these amazing things about God. God is one that gives us gifts. He has promised us things, that he nurtures us, that he is taking care of us, that he is watching over us. We've talked about things that we need to do of living, being good examples, not being afraid uh, put into practice what we're learning, that there's a training aspect to the Christian life. So then the third question is, well, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do with this information that we've learned? I mean, I think for me, I've been especially, as we've been studying First Timothy, this idea of the whole pillar and like you said, live, being a good example, like all of this stuff has really come out in the last like week or two to me. Um, so I know for me, myself, that's been something I've been thinking about is what does it mean for me to live a life that when people encounter me, they're encountering God, right? Because I, I will be honest, I'm not always, I, I don't do a good job of that most of the time. I think it's one of those questions of like, if somebody meets you and they walk away from you, did they know that you were a Christian? Or do they just know that you liked certain things or that you live in a certain place or maybe that you have a certain job? And it's like, oh yeah, if I'm talking to somebody, a stranger, no matter where they're at, if 
I'm not living in such a way, and it doesn't always have to be like you go around and shout, I love Jesus, you need to love Jesus, right? I think sometimes it's just being kind to somebody who needs kindness, showing up and giving somebody an encouragement who needs to be encouraged. Going back to the whole bells thing that we've talked for like a couple weeks, that we're living a life that surprises people. Um, and if you guys don't remember, bells stands for we bless people, we eat with people, we fellowship with people, we listen to people, we learn about Jesus so that we can share that with people, and we live like we're sent, because we are sent to go make disciples. Um, I'm also getting, again, stuff from my wife. She also said, oh, God gives us authority to teach and empowers us to do that, right? It's not, I love it, like we said, or I was saying earlier, it's God, Jesus said he will build the church, we're just making disciples, right? It's not, we can stand on his authority, right? When, during that great commission, Matthew 28, he says that I have been given all authority on heaven and on earth, so therefore go, right? We, haven't, we, have, we don't have to worry. We don't have to be scared when we're doing that because we have authority to do it because it's not our authority, it's God's. And then she also put, God is a God of all peoples and nations, so we need to be about all peoples and all nations and not just the comfortable places of people that look like us. I mean, yes, amen to that, right? I mean, obviously me and Rachel being missionaries, we have a big heart on the fact that the church is more than just a local community. The church is around the globe. So that's right, we need to look like each other. That's a great point. <laughs> That's such a great point for, I mean, I don't, maybe if you're, mostly my wife, because I know she's watching online, but uh, Trevor just pointed out that sometimes if you try to go force it to happen, right, if you go looking for it, it doesn't work out. Oftentimes it's God who just puts things in your, in your place. I know that sometimes you can pray for things to happen. Like I'm totally for that. Like I'm totally for like you should be like praying like God, give me an opportunity to share the good news with somebody. And, but if you pray that, you don't have to go look for it. God will often just put it in front of you. So you just got to be aware when that happens, right? And I think that's also having that discernment too of like when something happens, having that discernment to catch, oh, God is trying to reach out to me. Oh yeah, so I'm going to wrap up our time, but I just want to sh demonstrate that that, I just want to encourage you guys, use this tool. As you saw, we just spent like 30 minutes talking through this passage, and I got a lot out of it. I hope you guys got out of it. I didn't have, and I'm, yeah, selfishly, I know I'm not, I'm not going to do this every week. I'm not going to be like, ha, ah, now I never have to prepare a sermon again. I'm just going to show up and talk about it. But because of the current circumstances that we were supposed to be watching Stone, but uh, they're apparently having technical difficulties, um, isn't it great that this is a, just a great tool 
And this also shows that God's word speaks, right? Sometimes we think so much that we need somebody, like that we need to take a lot of time to dig in and like find all the little intricacies because only then can we share, like then will God speak to us. But we can just read a passage and just spend some time together talking about it. And it's all, and I will definitely say this is definitely works great with a group because hearing what different people think about when they read a passage is so encouraging because they'll catch something you never would have. Now that's not to say I do encourage you. I'm a big believer in you should dig into your word. I mean, I love studying things. Um, This whole last couple weeks, there is, me and Rachel are big uh, nerds for the Bible Project, which if you've never heard of, it's a online ministry where they do free Bible study tools. But one of the cool things they've released is they have this thing called Classroom, where they have seminary level um, classes on different discussions. And um, this might not surprise you for some of you who have been here for a while, but I watched the whole one on Jonah, as I love Jonah. And it's great because he it's not just like a surface level thing. It digs really deep in to each verse, to the Hebrew behind it, to how it's connected to all these things. So I am a big believer in spending time studying God's word, really digging deep into it. But I'm also a big believer in that God's word is powerful. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And so as I'm just going to close up our time, I'm going to pray. We have one more song that we're going to sing. Um, but I just want to encourage you guys this week. I want to encourage you guys as we think about that vision I shared earlier, that this would be a church that in a few years we would have a problem, and that problem being that we can't fit any more people on this ground floor. We have to fix, fix the balcony and use it. And one way to do that is just by being faithful to make disciples because Jesus will build his church. And one way to make disciples is just to share somebody, share with people stuff about the Bible. And an easy way to share about the Bible is do what we just did. Read a passage, ask a simple question. You don't have to have all the answers. Just be like, what does God, this passage tell you about God? What does this passage tell you about us? What are we going to do with this information that we now know? All right, so I'm going to pray. We'll sing one last song, and then I will close us out. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much that your word is powerful. That you speak to us in so many different ways, God. You speak to us through your creation. We can go out, we can look at the trees, we can look at the grass, we can look at the sky, we can look at the animals, and we can see and learn about you. That you speak to us through each other. That sometimes it's just what somebody says It's uh, just an encouraging word being shared. But also, God, you speak powerfully through your word, through the Bible. And thank you that because we have the Holy Spirit, that we have you in us, that we can read and we can pull things out about you because you will reveal it to us. God, I pray that we will be a people that won't just depend on other people to tell us what we should know but that we will be a people who want to find out for ourselves. God, I also thank you that we are that your church is not dependent on us. You are the one that builds the church. You are the one that grows the kingdom. You just allow us to 
participate in your grand scheme. And so, God, I just pray that we will, that will be us. We'll be a people that will be faithful to just do what you ask us to do. That we won't be scared uh, because of age, because we don't know certain things, because we don't feel like we're properly equipped, but that we will just trust that in that moment when we have that opportunity to share your word, that we'll just be bold. God, I pray that we will value people's salvation and people's eternal, the eternal state of their soul more than our discomfort. In your name, amen.